Kahan is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails, our rail show here at KHEN 106. Point nine on your, your FM dial, or anytime as a podcast, or you can also listen in, as some people do, on their iTunes. So anyway, here we are. We're sitting in the old Cahen caboose. We've got uh, got some coal in the coal stove burning back here. We're we're rolling down the line. Uh, that this train is 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 carried along by an engineer. Uh, the engineer is Rick White. I don't know if you can. Here, Rick White in the background. There, do you- yeah. Thank you, Forrest. Thank for the, thank you for that intro. And uh, as I usually do in these intros, I uh, invite rail listeners. If you have a story that you'd like to tell us, you can uh, start that process by sending us an email at info at khen dot org, and that will make its way to Forrest and myself. We're looking for you. We get a lot of interesting shows on here. Reach out to us, and we'd love to have you on this show. There's a lot of train stories to be told. And with that said, thank you, Forrest. It's nice and warm up here in the engine, and uh, looks like clear sailing for the day. All right. That's good. That's Well, now that our special guest for today is the newly elected county commissioner, P.T. Wood, and he uh, was famous as the mayor of Salida, now he's going to be famous because Chafee County is going to be famous, and he is a Chafee County commissioner. So that's going to be fun. Well, I have listened to three of the back-saved interviews with people talking about these rails through our county, and Chafee County does have still pretty extant railroad here from back in the day when the Denver Rio Grande was was running through here. And, and all three of them present a different vision about what they'd like to have come up. P.T., do you notice the big difference in visions between these, these interviews? You know, I think everybody has different thoughts. And it's uh, obviously the, the railroad is a major, major part of our valley. It uh, dissects our entire valley. It goes through two of our three main municipalities. It is 
part of our day-to-day life here. And it's been 25 years since there's been a, a train on those tracks. I think it was, I want to say August 3rd, 1997 was the last train. It's one of those things that once it got rail banked after, uh, you know, UP tried to abandon the surface transportation board, they rail told them to rail bank it and hold on to it because they might need to run some trains over there if the Moffat tunnel got too busy. You know, I think, I mean, you We've had a couple people on here talk about you know, those rail bank situations. And so as a, one, as someone that's been in the Valley for you know, 30 some years, I, I used to, when I was a river guide, I'd pull my flip strap off my waist and put a rock in it and get it swinging around, whip the rock across the river and try and hit the side of those uh, car uh, haulers that were coming down the road. They made a great, a great noise if you pinged them just right. And then, uh, you know, watching the railroad pull out the the jobs that le- were leaving, the whole thing, it's been an important thing to me and something I've paid a lot of attention to. Well, it's it, it does. It, as you say, it dissects our valley. If the state ever couldn't maintain our, the asphalt through here, why the rails would do the same thing. You know, it parallels, the, as you say, the whole north-south infrastructure. Really interesting. And you really wonder, well, what, uh, which of these different visions would have worked? One that interested me a lot was this whole idea that Soloviev and his, his empire would, uh, could move in here, run a tourist train, which is one thing they talked about doing, move some, a lot of grain and agricultural and uh, actually make money. And, you know, he has, he has done that other places. Nobody thinks he could, but, He's done it, and I, you've listened to that interview too. What did you think, PT, about his vision there? I think a commuter rail through the valley here is going to be a really difficult ask. The cost of restoring these rails to a usable condition—I, the last estimate I saw was two hundred fifty million bucks or something like that—which um, I think is wildly underestimating the cost you're gonna you have to come in at all new switches all new crossings all new track all new ties new rock fall barriers i don't know the condition of the the tunnel at the top of the pass there i suspect um, that's going to need a fair amount of work to make it usable Um, and then it is the one of the steepest railroads in the country, too, once you get um, over the top of the pass to the, the Minturn side, right? It's uh, up to 3% grades over there. And some of it actually is that high, yes. Logistically, I think there's some really, really big challenges with a commuter rail. You gotta, I think they're gonna have to run some serious freight over that section to make it make sense to spend that kind of money on it and then the question becomes is it less expensive to cut off the handful of miles that the tpl would cut off as opposed to going up to denver cheyenne or down south through uh santa fe flag staff in my mind i've thought a lot about that i have trouble connecting the numbers on all of that but that's assuming you've still got rail transit available from the Union Pacific. 
And that's an assumption that these days you can't almost make. I mean, right. it, they seem to wish they weren't in the rail business at all anymore. And it's, it's, it's hard to understand the various people writing in Trains Magazine, which I'm sure you read and I read too, various people saying, well, we've interviewed so-and-so at the, at the UP. And first of all, some of them will say, well, we're not sure we even own that railroad anymore. Well, right. well, they do own it. They've leased it, leased it to the wrong people, in my view. But really, some, sort of very negative comments on their part about running railroads, and mm-hmm. yet they're they've they've got a big one, or the <laughs> sure do of a big one. You know what I'm saying? What it seems they want to do is run a few of their mainline routes, and and um, get their cost benefit down, so. So that they're when they go to the stock market, the stock market will be impressed with them, and the price of the stock will go up, and their stock options will go up, and their bonuses, bonuses are very important to them. Those bonuses will go up, and that seems to be what they focused on, rather than actually running a railroad. I guess this happens in a lot of industries. It's a challenge, I think, as. One of the big things with the railroads, especially um, with UP, is most of their money for a long time was coming from running coal trains to power plants, right? And right. that, um, for a long time, this that was one of the main things that happened on the TPL, were coal trains coming over and going to sure. Pueblo, um, Utah coal headed to Pueblo, right? Just for our listeners, <clears throat> TPL is Tennessee Pass Line. Thank you. Comments from our engineer remind yeah. us that we we tend to fall into our own lingo. Yes, yeah. Tennessee Pass Line runs right down the Arkansas Valley through our neighborhood here. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a politician, right? So I can descend into acronym really quickly. I apologize <laughs> <Yes>. for that. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, basically the the Tennessee Pass line, the TPL, it goes from uh, from Pueblo to Dotsero, I guess is uh, yeah, kind of where guess. it merges back into yeah. the main UP line. <laughs> but again, once that as we as our economy, as our energy economy has shifted away from coal, the UP business model has gotten a lot more challenging. What commodities do they? Uh, replace coal with there aren't that many things that you need a hundred car train constantly moving certainly uh some of the agricultural products out of eastern colorado uh getting those to the international markets that's that's a large commodity that requires uh, trains and other large modes of transportation the uh the uh, waxy tar sands out of the Uinta Valley is another one that requires, that really is a commodity that trains are by far the best method of moving. But that's going to require those guys building a whole new rail system from Vernal to Price, right? So they can get those trains yes. out of the Uinta Valley. And then running those trains up over the TPL is going to be a real challenge because you'd be hauling full trains uphill from Minturn to the top of the pass, which requires pushers and a whole 
extra piece of infrastructure there, right, to get them up that hill. And then does anyone want 30, 100-car waxy tar sand trains a day running through our valley? I think that is not many people's idea of a good outcome. You know, if I could go get on a, a smaller electric train over here across the river and go up to, to Vail or Beaver Creek for the day or head over to Glenwood or to get up to the front range and get on a, an airplane and go anywhere in the world, that would be a pretty cool outcome that I would like to see. But I financially, I don't see any way for that to happen. So, you know, we have to kind of be thinking, okay, it's been 25 years since we've had a train on here. What what do we do with this this piece of kind of abandoned property that splits our valley in half and cuts BV in half, cuts Slida off from the mountains? Is there another solution here that we could figure out? Good luck in figuring that one out. Our engineer has lifted his finger in the background. What What are you saying? Well, I'm a Missouri boy, and Missouri has been uh-huh. successful with their Katy line. The Katy line kind of splits the state in some ways, east to west. And they've made a very successful trail, biking, hiking trail. And uh, that's something that I see would be, you know, just valuable in this area. It's one of the most scenic places of the West for our listeners, what the Arkansas Valley really looks like. We also, in this 25 years and in the last few years, we've uh, added a national monument along this line called the Browns Canyon National Monument, a beautiful, beautiful area. And that is what I would vote for. Thank you, Forrest. Yeah, and we actually have, um, I'm trying to find Chris's last name, but he was a uh, state representative in Missouri, and he's living in uh, the valley here now. And he was active in getting the uh, the Katy Line trail installed. So we do have a lo- some local knowledge around that. I think if uh, anybody that was around in 97 when UP was uh, trying to abandon the line, uh, they may have been aware of a uh, of the rails to trails plan that was put together with the uh, Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area, Colorado parks at the time. Now it's Colorado Parks and Wildlife that runs that. That is a um, an option that's been looked at. I think one of the advantages of doing something like that is it preserves the rail line. And if there were a need to put in um, to run trains over the TPL, I think it's actually probably going to be easier for those guys to come in and get a train back through their in that scenario than it even would be right now with the degradation and the how bad of condition that rail line's in. You know, it'd already be taken out. They just have to come in and lay the new rail, not do the strip and lay of rail. So um Well there's a lot of debate about that too, as right. you know. We've had we've had a couple of people on this show who have said uh, no, it's not in that bad shape. It's basically still a lot can be salvaged there, a lot can be so blah, blah, blah. Is it that bad or is it? But nobody's saying it's great, but some other yeah. people are saying, no, it's it, it's 
very salvageable and tunnels are still in good shape and all like that. <clears throat> so, and then still others who are saying, look, uh, the, the Union Pacific has just uh, leased it out and the, the people who have leased it, the leasees, so to speak, uh, have yet to say anything about what what it is they want to do with all this real estate that they've the UP, of course, is sitting there looking at it saying, as you say, what do we do with this thing? It's kind of a an albatross for them. They just want to run coal trains. That's going to go away. It might not be tomorrow, but... It oh, that's gone, to... yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that era has ended. Even though they still do run coal trains. They run them. Yeah. With the... Uh rock and roll guys, the gravel guys down in Parkdale, and then the tourism train that they run through the Royal Gorge, kind of the question becomes how much spare track time is there to run other sorts of trains that aren't going to interfere with those active uses right now. And that becomes a little bit of a logistical challenge, I think. You know, the railroad guys, they're pretty good at logistics. I'm sure they can work it out, but it is a bit of a challenge. Certainly a challenge because Solviev and the family, let's face it, they own half of the agricultural production of Colorado. And <laughs> they, they, yeah. And they decided to buy a railroad to make sure that kept up. So they did. In fact, they sent us a picture of their, their first caboose when they, <laughs> when they got it going. I mean, they're, they're absolutely sincere. No, no, they think there'd be plenty of, of um, ag production that would go through here, that could go through here. Now, they say that they don't think we'll, that we'll ever have the oil production, that that's just a, a false um, idea <clears throat> because, of the, of the, yeah. well, because of the quality of the uh, oil they get out of there. Very, very poor quality. And, and um, it's it's the need to get it out of there, calling to rebuild another big railroad. I mean, big one across oh, yeah. across northern Utah. There, I was going to say that uh, the seven county coalition that is pushing that Uinta line, though, um, and then it's well, I get them confused. Colorado and Pacific, or Pacific and Colorado. There's two that have very similar names, right? Right. Um, but the guys that are pushing that one are, and they're charging full ahead on that Uinta line. And whether or not those waxy tar sands are lucrative or not, I, I'm not sure those guys are really as concerned about that as getting the infrastructure in and starting to move it um, around before making that decision if it's worth it or not. Yes, so. yes, it certainly is. As you say, they've got seven... Utah counties behind them to get that line built through there and uh, some federal money. They've got the promise of some, uh, would those still be recovery funds? Hard to yeah, tell. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think they had been getting some money from the lease, uh, oil field lease money. The seven county coalition, at least, was yeah. getting some of that for the uh, design phase of this or uh, the conceptual phase of that you went to line it's in a little bit of a holding pattern i think it sounds like at the moment while it works its way uh through the courts 
I know uh, it was Eagle County kind of driving one of the main drivers of uh, of tying this thing up in in courts. Chaffey County and the other surrounding counties are are co-signers on that suit. You know where that ends up is hard to say. Um, I think Eagle County especially will be resistant against any rail traffic through there, kind of the way their infrastructure has developed, especially in downtown Avon. Um, a train is going to cause a lot of issues in, in that community, more so than probably any others. And yet, um, Eagle County is very committed to the idea of, of a commuter train running all the way down to... Uh, well, not I don't know how far down they think it's going to go, but of of a commuter train to the to the slopes. Yeah, and I think they they would love to be able to move employees, especially up and down the valley on train tracks. But again, I think there's some pretty major financial challenges to doing that and to making it um, a viable option. And then within the state. I think the state rail money that's out there, they're a lot more focused on getting the that I-25 corridor uh, commuter rail up and running. And so right. I don't know if there's going to be any extra state funding or even federal funding that would come up and be used on on the TPL. I think that is the, the front range is definitely the focus there. And we just had uh, Jim Subi, I don't know if you've met him. He's the president of, uh, or I have chairman, I guess you could say, of the Front Range Rail uh, Coalition. They'd love to, to see an active TPL. Well, and they'd love to see the Union Pacific interested in letting people use their, their Moffat Tunnel, which they're not right now. They, I don't know what they think. Somebody's going to go in there and blow up the Moffat Tunnel or why they're so concerned about that. Although we had a conductor on here a while ago, and uh, he he thinks those are real concerns for the Moffat. And uh, would they put the, put big money into it? We don't know, and especially since they don't want to be doing it anyway. <clears throat> they just want to have single unit haul and haul through. That's that's all they want to do. You know, that's mm-hmm. which is interesting. Gosh, we've got two or three of these interviews we would like to talk about with you. Well, uh, we don't have a lot of time. We're going to have to take a break. Well, well, we could both use a break. Would you like a break, PT? <laughs> sure. We'll <laughs> take a minute and then, uh, yeah. All right. Let's. Are we are we are we okay with the head end there? Yeah, the looking engineers. good up here, Forrest. And we haven't talked at all about Soviev's vision, which is quite a vision. Anyway, all right. Thanks, P.T. Wood, for being our guest here. Let's close the show down. <clears throat> Why don't we all high? Ha- well, if we all say highball, we'll know we're going to close till we open up again. Okay, one, two, three. Highball. 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 Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. 
servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.